This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. And welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by Bob Kaipel. We're excited today to be joined from Nigeria, Debbie Akwara. And well, Jeff- we're not in Nigeria. No, we're not in Nigeria. Yay. No, Debbie's in Nigeria. <laughs> and, uh, you're, vi- you're virtually in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> we're vir- yeah, virtually in Nigeria today. Uh, we're sitting back drinking cocktails with Debbie, who is the principal customer experience consultant with Niche Customer Experience Consulting Firm. Uh, Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, Welcome to this side of the pond so early on a Friday morning and uh, early in the afternoon there for you and and Lagos. Yes, it is. So, Debbie, let's just get right into it. Can you just give us a little rundown on your personal background and how you came to create your own CX firm? Right, so my personal background actually started from the front line. Um, actually, when I was about to get into the university, I didn't do so well in my grades, so I needed to receive a number of exams. And then I had to take on um, a job as a sales and customer service rep. Um, and then from there to school, kind of had the same job in between. And then I left um, school and started off in broadcasting. Um, so in, yeah, I had this show going on um, television at the time and, you know, one of my fans, for what's the better word, after the show packed up, was like, hey, you have an amazing face. We'd love to meet you. We have this job at a bank, customer service. If you have the front desk, your popular face, you'd be great. And I'm like, okay, let's give it a go because I was really broke and out of work. So, <laughs> so I took up the job, um, loved every minute of it. And that's when the whole being very deliberate about being in the customer, the front line started. So moved from, from that role to head the team, switched to banks and moved to customer experience, what then called total quality management. And um, so I did that um, for a period of time, funny story, did that. And then after a while, the company went, okay, we no longer have need of this function. Everybody's happy. Customers are happy. So out you go. But we're given the option to pick what function we wanted. So at the time, I chose to go into human capital development as a training arm of the bank. Um, and then what happened was training started, and then the bank's rating dropped. And so there's this thing called uh, KPMG does. It's called the Banking Industry Customer Satisfaction Survey. That's in Nigeria every year. So the bank dropped from number one, Beetle and corporate, to two and three. And then everybody goes... Where is the department that should be running this? Where is everybody? What's going on? Right? Um, right. So at the time, um, 
So I kind of had my thoughts around observing things that had gone wrong, obviously, still staying in touch with the work that we had started and put together um, what I did not know then to be a customer experience strategy proposal and took it to my boss. And then she was a general manager of HR and I made the presentation of what we could do differently. And she's like, okay, you know what? Effectively, immediately, you're reassigned to do this with like a one-man team, right? Wow. So we did the work, implemented the strategy, and then the bank moved back up to number one and mm. um, both sectors. Then again came the issue around, okay, that's it. Thank you very much. We need more work, right? Let's get you to do some more stuff. So my role was now merged into human resource management HR. Um, and then another bank came calling, asking to do the same thing. Then I moved to that bank. And just being from banking, I moved to telecommunications. I worked at Etisalat, Margin Customer Experience. And my last nine to five was, which I thought was the key role for me, because kind of like created the blueprint for what I wanted to do, was in the education sector where I was director of customer experience. Now, it was a different role, and I took it because of the challenge. It was a, it was a company that built schools, that build schools, they still do that, in low-income communities, right? So as director of CX, I was responsible for CX, obviously, launching new schools, marketing and sales, and human resource management, finding the teachers, put them in the schools, causing recruitment, responsible for the employees as well, and then responsible for community engagement. Because it's a low-income community, it's kind of different from, you know, the more developed environment, right? So we had to be very hands-on with community leaders, community influencers. So that role kind of really stretched me, right? And um, I left that role in 2018. And but the company was actually founded in 2015, actually. I started the company when I moved to Etisa Lab because I just wanted to do CX across different sectors, right? But from a typical HR perspective, I mean, industry hopping or job hopping doesn't really do well for my resume. So in my mind, I'm thinking rather than one job, two years, I'm switching again. Why not just set up a practice and work with as many sectors as, as you want to, right? So that, that's the story really. So started that, but just doing trainings um, on the side. So once a quarter, I take some time off work. I do trainings for professionals who are coming up. That's actually how I started um, running the firm at the time. And then my employer got uncomfortable uh, with what I was doing on the side, and I had to resign voluntarily. So that's really what happened in 2018. Um, so coming out, I mean, like, okay, hey, this is what it is, and I want to give this a go, I'm still go looking for work. So I just kind of took it from there, got in touch with the guys that had trained, um, and just tried to build the brand, and which I thought was really challenging, was really commercializing my product and making people buy it, right? So that's pretty much been my journey in CX. So now I just drive CX. It's limited knowledge in this part of the world, limited practical knowledge in this part of the world. So it's just sharing information, creating platforms, and to people to understand what CX is and the impact it has on business profitability overall. Yeah. Well, you're doing a, gr you're doing a great job. That's great. So, so you, you, uh, like we've heard the story with a couple other people where it's kind of like you discovered CX and almost kind of invented it in your own company. And, uh, I wanted to ask you a follow-up question about, it sounds like a couple of times you were asked to sort of fix things and ratings went up and then they considered it kind of done. 
Um, is that a common thing that you've run across? I mean, it doesn't just uh, stay part of the organization. They just kind of want to put the fire out and move on to something else. Yeah. It's, I would say it's common. I would say it's common. So common to me because of the organizations that I worked in, right? But I wouldn't say it's common because it all stems from the understanding the organization has about customer experience, right? So they just see it as for bragging rights. Oh, we're number one. Once we're number one, that's it. No longer useful. And in the second job that I took, one of the top three banks in Nigeria, my KPI when I took the job was the bank now is number 16 on the KPMG CSS. We need the bank to go to top five in one year. That was the KPI. Mm -hmm. So I'm expected to clean up in one year a mess of forever, right? But yeah. in the end, in nine months, when the exercise was repeated by KPM, we moved up three steps, right? And then, you know, I had issues with the organization at the time, and then telecoms came calling, and I'm like, great, I need to go learn CX in telecom. So it was more of, you know, a career move for, for me, pretty much. But I think overall, there's that thing around not being patient to trust the process. So the fact that you have one win is not sufficient but the brands companies don't really really see that especially from the experience that i've had it's about again the external bragging rights this is who they say we are but who are you really is it's it's the, it's the fundamental question mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah kind of brings us to our next question um most of our listeners aren't familiar with nigeria um can you, can you tell us a little bit about this, the state of customer experience in Nigeria? I know you're at the forefront of it, but give us a picture of what the state of customer experience is in Nigeria and, and what you're doing to help address it. Yeah. So it's, 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 like, it's like seeing um, trying to make this as you know, clear as possible. So it's like seeing uh, – it's at the naive stage. Let me just put it out there, right? Extremely naive stage. So there's a lot of talk about customer experience. If you count the top 20 businesses in Nigeria today, they have roles, they have customer experience roles. They know about customer experience. But in the practical sense of it, are they practicing customer experience? Mm -hmm. So in Nigeria, I think the, a, large, a large misconception is more in line with customer experience, customer service are pretty much the same thing, right? I've had to deal with a client where he was literally arguing with me and I just stopped and just, okay, this is his understanding. I'm going to work with that. Now working with him three years later, he now understands what I've been saying and says, okay, Debbie, we need you to come in and fix this. So it's still, but I think we have this, you know, like Nigerians, we're very upbeat, very passionate people. We know what we know and we go with what we know, like our lives depend on it. So having to break that, what you know is wrong. <laughs> mm. It's, you know, it, it takes a lot of time. And when I started doing the business full time, it would take me literally 99% of my time to explain to clients what I do. Mm. And after every explanation, I end up saying, but oh, that's customer service. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was my job now to make life easy for me to, to start to talk more about customer experience, right? Now, in talking more about customer experience in Nigeria, the reason why it is still at the naive state with all the work that has been done, with all the investments in technology, with all the conferences and summits that are held here, 
is that we don't have the right foundation when it comes to customer relationship management. So we are jumping the gun. There's no foundation. CX, overall CX needs to rest on that structure. So that's completely lacking, right? I mean, we have big organizations that have invested in AI chatbots, but they don't have a CRM, like CRM in the contact center. So what are you building that on? What's the data? What's intelligence driving the application of that chatbot? Get my meaning. So largely, it's, um, it's just getting at the point, getting business to take a step back from all this talk about CX, take a step back. How are you managing customer relationships? There are no customer segmentation. It's a huge problem. The common thing here is one size fits all. And you get that mostly from banks. The guys who do it really well are the telcos because they work with data. The telcos are doing an awesome job in segmentation and all. They're doing it great. They can better, but in terms of CX in Nigeria, I would say telcos understand it. But banking sector still has a very long way to go. Right. Airlines, let's not even go there. <laughs> let's not even go there. So really, you know, what I'm pushing now, even in 2020, with the pandemic has even forced, come I've engaged business owners and the pandemic has forced businesses to begin to look at each customer. Why is he buying? Why is he not buying? How can we make this customer buy? And that's relationship management. So the focus really now, you know, the trend that we're pushing and pushing Nigeria 2021 is let's take a step back. Let's build our customer relationship management processes and let's frame that up. Because in, in, in converting the customer, the CS, in, 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 you know, providing support to a new customer, there's a CX design in it. So all these components will come in, right? So it's just these days I, I seldom talk to because I talk about I don't even mention CX. <laughs> when I talk to CEOs, wow. I'm bent on, you know what? Let me manage your customers and increase your customer profitability. So when I've done that, I get their attention wow. easily. Wow. Then they now understand, oh, now we see what you're saying. Right? Mm -hmm. So I guess it's, it's the thing of understanding, but we're working with what we've read, what we've heard, and not what is practical for us because we are very driven with Naira and Kobo. That's our currency here, right? Naira and Kobo, Naira and Kobo. So they want quick results, quick results, quick results, right? If it's quick results you want, focus on CRM. If you're looking at long-term brand relevance, let's do CX. But it's, 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 it's a journey, step-by-step. Is there a difference between, um, say, multinational companies and local, uh, national, you know, or local companies in terms of their uptake of CX and customer experience and CRM type strategies? Yes, I would say there is, and there is. But then it's still tied to leadership and what the organization's goals are. Now, when I, and I'm speaking from the sectors that I have worked with, I have, see, I, I know bank CEOs who don't pay attention to, you know, national or global rankings. They don't even look at it because they know they're on their journey, right? There are some that focus on that. So if, um, if Bob, tomorrow you're working on that, you have deployed a chatbot, the next day, Thomas is deploying a chatbot, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what happens in that space. So, but for, but for the smaller organizations, for the local organizations, um, there are two things that happen. One, they want to enhance their brand status to be perceived as global, 
So they do the things that the global organizations do, sometimes at the detriment of the local context, right? And then we have the local organizations who are just focused on let's sell, let's keep the business going, let's bring in the numbers. So the bragging rights for them is who made the most sale, who has the, you know, the large market share, who owns the market share type thing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, you've mentioned ranking, rankings a couple of times. Um, is that a way for the Nigerian customer to sort of figure out which companies they can trust? Coincidentally, the rankings, oh, I'm speaking as a consumer and having worked in, in this sector, mm -hmm. the rankings make more sense to the businesses than the consumer because the consumer is more interested in their experience and the value that they get, right? I'll give you an example. In the, I went through the KPMG CSS report for last year, already this year. I mean, it comes out this year for last year, right? The year before. Um, and one of the things that I noticed was while some banks had increased in satisfaction ranking, right? There's still a problem with, customers have a problem with perceived value and the relation, banking relationship. So that puts into context for the customer what the importance of the ranking is. So I would say the ranking really makes, is, is more of bragging rights in my opinion, right? Because if you say you're the top bank, yet I'm seeing complaints about, I mean, the top banks, if you check on Instagram and Twitter, you will see loads of negative tweets, right? <laughs> loads of negative tweets. So it's, it's, it's relative. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the relative. trolls are everywhere. <laughs> exactly. It's relative. Like one of the bands, I just picked up my phone. I checked social media periodically to see what's trending. And I noticed it was the same bank over, over, over for like 30, 40 tweets. Wow. Now this bank is top three. Wow. Right. So again, it's, it's, I always encourage brands like, yes, the bragging rights is great, but don't get distracted by that. Focus on who the end user is. Because don't forget that when these rankings happen, somebody went into the field and did a sample size and did a research. They didn't talk to everybody. They only spoke to a specific number of people who would give you their feedback. So think about the bigger picture. Go ahead. Tom. Debbie, uh, you've talked a lot about the challenges and some of the, and the issues in Nigeria. Are there any companies out there that you would consider shining stars in the customer experience field that, that you actually point to um, as an example of CX done right? And, and what do they look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say bits and pieces of it, right? Not just like the holistic picture. I mean, like I said, telcos, in my opinion, are great. They're leading in, in the CX space. Um, I, I would have said fintechs as well, because obviously they're solving a problem. They're reducing customer effort. But what's, sorry, what's that company? Financial technology company. Just oh, set, right. Okay. Set up financial tech. That. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, yes. So businesses in that space, I would have from the solution perspective and solving a problem. Yes. But uh, when it comes to support is a major challenge. So that's, I'm not going to go there. Um, so in terms of overall, I mean, yeah, MTN, I would say anytime, any day. Doing an amazing job um, in customer experience, MTN in Nigeria, and it's not just what we see as customers; it's, it's what we see when we visit their business centers. How they have made 
operational excellence seamless for the teams, right? There's a lot of digitalization going on, even in their premises, right? I recently went to MTN to have my same stuff checked out and there was really no physical contact, right? Because I had one device that took my picture, put all my data, uploaded. So they've, they've equipped their teams to function. What is and that? Business? Rate, I'm sorry. MT, M- MTN Nigeria. What, what is that? What is MTM? I'm sorry. The telecommunications. Company. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't. We don't use that. I got Verizon. All oh, right. Very popular. Yeah. They're the, the, the giants in Africa. The telco okay. tel- wow. giants in Africa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think I think in my opinion they have um, they have um, you know the best experience. But then it's it's relative to the capacity of the brand. So MTN is like a high end brand, right? Mm. You have the regular person on the street who offers, you know, everyday service, right? I think we get, there's a bit more personalization in that space with the limited knowledge that they have. The limited they have, yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I would say that. But if you ask me, the companies that are leading with, te- with customer experience in Nigeria at the moment, I will have to say telecom- tel- telecommunications. Yeah. I have to say that. And that's... Specifically, MTN, yes. And it sounds like their focus is... Um, Primarily on reducing customer effort, making it more seamless. For both customers and their employees. That's why yes. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I've, I've experienced it in their locations firsthand. Where, you know, you go to another telco, you watch the process, and then you go to MTN. So their teams work more efficiently, mm. not just the customer. Mm. It's, 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 it's both ways. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And is, oh, um, it, go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. I was just going to ask you so just out of curiosity because i've always had the sense that um in africa in general and i'm very you know ignorant about what's going on in the various countries in africa but that the telecommunications and cell phones uh and mobile phones are really super important and also very entrepreneurial and very innovative in some ways compared to other markets like they're leading is that right I mean, everybody has to stay in touch. <laughs> we're, very, we're very relational people. We get in touch. We do business over the phone. Like everything evolves, you know, evolves around, around, around the phone. So communication. So information, communication business, businesses, oh, definitely. Information technology businesses definitely are, are doing really well. Is it is it at the level of like China, for example, where, you know, people can do so many transactions just on their mobile phone? Oh, no. Uh, Oh no. no, 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 no. So we're not, we're not there yet, but the mm-hmm. journey has started. Right. The journey has started. We're, we're not, we're not there yet, 100%. But the journey has started. We have quite a number of fintech companies coming up. There are quite a number of them um, coming up every day. Digital banks are coming up, taking people out of the banking halls. You know, you don't have to have to go fill some long form waiting queues. You do everything through your phone. Now, but that is, so that's the thing. That is dependent on where you are because we still have a large, I don't have the figure off the top of my head, but we still have a large percentage of the Nigerian population that don't have access to the internet. Mm-hmm. Right? So there's still the question about the unbanked and that is a huge market because the person who, I mean, all these great innovation happening, still happening within a particular population group. We'll still have the unbanked guys and there's still so much work that needs to be done in that area. And if we're talking about, you know, with all of these digitalization going on, there's issue about the ISPs, right? Internet service providers. And recently, it was last year, we ran a survey at, at the firm 
just to get a sense of how likely are you to churn, right? And over 50%, so they will switch ISPs if somebody else came on board that offered them, you know, speed, connectivity, and good price. Customer service was number four. They just want to be, they just want to be able to, you know, yeah. stay in touch, right? So, yep. so that's the thing. But I mean, you, you, you still have pockets of, which is why I'm very passionate about the micro, small, medium enterprises, because you still have pockets of local businesses within the cultural context that give great experiences within their understanding. So if you go into a store to buy something, they know you that you've been there before. They ask you what you want. Do you want to buy the same things? They're in touch with you. Now, how do we take that whole thing that they do, creating a process around it, such that it, it, it runs itself and they can focus on strategy? So that's the work that we're really doing with MSMEs at the firm at the moment. But overall, if you ask me, I think they get it more, rather, I guess because they're small. As they grow, <laughs> as they grow bigger, the challenges mm-hmm. begin to come in. So, but just, you know, there are businesses that, that do that. I mean, this is Africa, right? Nigeria. We are very relational people. It's about relationships, right? I may not like your product, but because I know you, I would use the product, right? Wow. Because, you know, it, it happens. It happens, right? Wow. So relationships are very, very important. So you can't take away that one-on-one human touch. Mm-hmm. You can't take it away. It's very important to us, yeah. Well, Debbie, this is... This has been really fascinating. Thanks for providing us with insights into Nigeria and the state of customer experience there. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And listeners, if you awesome. haven't already uh, found Debbie on LinkedIn, please do. Uh, again, search, search out Debbie on LinkedIn. She's making a huge splash, um, not just in Nigeria, okay, so. but the CX world. And we hope someday to be able to visit, visit you there in person. And, and record an episode yes. live, live, <laughs> live from Nigeria. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be, be truly great. awesome. That'd be that great. would be truly awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.